Hey there, are you a happiness seeker? Have you survived trauma and pain? And are you ready to heal and transform? Then stay tuned. You are listening to the Open to Happiness podcast, and I am your host, Nicoleta. We found that you are made of four parts, your body, your mind, your soul, and your social persona. We've already looked into the body and the mind, so let's now talk about the third part of you, your soul. What is your soul first? This is a very difficult question to answer because in our modern world, We've been brainwashed to appreciate science and we develop beliefs based on measurable variables. But in the case of the soul, there's nothing that can be measured, really. The soul is invisible. It's invisible in this material world that we see around us and it cannot be captured through our standard five senses. You cannot see the soul in the same way you see a physical object. You cannot hear the soul in the way you, you listen to your favorite song. You cannot smell it uh, like you smell your perfume. You cannot taste it like you taste your favorite coffee. And definitely, you cannot touch it in the same way you would touch your body, in the way you would touch your talisman or the laptop. So. How do you make sense of such complex concept? No wonder so many people deny the existence of a soul and follow no religious or no spiritual dogmas or, or practice. And if you look closer around yourself, around your life, you probably know someone who is an atheist and adamantly denies the existence of God. You probably know an agnostic as well, someone that takes a more practical or, or palpable sort of approach to life and believes that it is impossible to know what is the, the ultimate truth and if God exists or not. Perhaps throughout life, maybe you, you met a pagan in your circles, someone that believed that everything has a soul or a spirit. And many of the modern pagans identify themselves as animists. Animists believe that um, all natural phenomena, all of them, including human beings, animals, plants, but also the rocks, you know, the, the lakes, the mountains, the, the weather, the ecosystem, the universe surrounding us, they all share one vital quality. That's the soul or the spirit that gives them, gives them the energy. And maybe you, you've also heard uh, some pantheists believing that God is equal to nature or equal to the physical world, the physical universe surrounding us. Or without doubt, you met people that were very devoted um, to well-known religions like Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism or Hinduism. You might recognize yourself in, in some of these categories or not. What's important to remember is that throughout our formative years, we all get programmed to believe in science, to believe in what can be measured. 
And some of us um, also get initiated in various religious or spiritual practices too. And in time, we we learn to decide what makes most sense to us um, and and we position ourselves and our belief system where it feels more appropriate, where it feels more aligned to who we are inside at that stage in our way. Because to an extent, it is not just science, but also religion and spirituality that, that have most likely shaped your core beliefs in life. And, and they can help you enhance your life, but they can also, on the contrary, I think they can lead um, you, they can lead you to, towards dissatisfaction and, and even self-destruction. What matters is not if you believe in God or in another deity, but if you experience life beyond your physical body and, and beyond this program mind that we, we, we looked into last week. It is true that you, you cannot see God. You cannot see the source of creation. You cannot see the, the energy of the universe. You cannot see the soul or the spirit, which in my humble view and the view of many, it's more or less the same thing. You cannot see them in the material world, but that's not the proof that they don't exist. You cannot see your thoughts, but you know very well that they are somewhere in your mind. You cannot see your emotions, but you feel them deeply somewhere inside of your being. You cannot see the internet, but you use it. You use this platform every day. You cannot see the, the, the 5G network or the radio. But you very well know that they are there somewhere in a dimension that is not available to our five senses. Your soul or the spirit is the same. They belong to a dimension that is not visible to this material world. But with practice, you can get in touch with them because they are the energy that is fueling your life. Without a soul, your body and your mind would cease to function. In the same way, without the energy of electricity, your mobile phone remains a wonderful, you know, physical creation and a, and a great software program installed on it, but nothing else. And hear this. Your body has the same weight alive or dead. Yet, there is a huge difference between being alive and dead. And hear this. Your body has the same weight, alive or dead. Yet there is a huge difference between an alive and a dead body. What is this difference about? What makes one body alive now and what makes it dead the next minute? What is the body losing through that if it's not something physical? There must be something of a different nature, isn't it? What really disappears from your body that leaves it physically the same, but from the perspective of life itself, it makes it lifeless? Could it be life itself? Can life be the soul or the spirit that inhabits the physical body? Afterwards, can you see life? Can you hear life? Can you smell life? Can you taste life, literally? Can you touch life? 
these are all very important questions that I leave with you for your self-reflection. Now, I would like to invite you to do some inner search and find out where you feel comfortable to position yourself in your spiritual journey at this stage in your life. Sleep on it. I mean, allow for a night or two to pass, to reset you know, your brain and to explore this from a, from a fresh perspective. Because the way you engage with your soul will define to a huge extent your experience of life. Remember, you have physiological sensations in your body, you have thoughts in your mind, and you have emotions in your soul. Whether you tap into sadness, worry, and pain, or you embrace a joyful, happy, and peaceful inner state, that is all connected to your ability to experience life beyond the physical body and the program mind. And let me explain how I see this at this stage in my life. And again, I will keep it simple. When you were born, you were a pure and whole being. Your body, mind and soul were one. And in time, you started to get educated or tamed. You were not allowed to be yourself anymore. And the family, the school, and the culture programmed you how to speak, how to think, how to walk, how to sit, how to play, and so on. This external squishing is very confusing for the child. It is very oppressive, and it is, it is bringing a lot of pressure that puts a lead on, on creativity, on on imagination and the infinite resources and possibilities that are existent in children. And throughout this process of programming, children suffer and they suffer a lot. They feel suffocated and they start to distrust their real selves and, and, and then they follow the crowds. They, they, they comply with the status quo. They have no choice because they are not in charge of their lives. And throughout these early years, often children go to trauma in the form of abuse, neglect, and other adverse childhood experiences, like maybe separation or divorce, um, um, emotionally unavailable parents, um, maybe some domestic abuse. Then there is bullying, there is inequality, there's poverty, you know, there's discrimination. And, and all this pain that comes with trauma is so unbearable for the child who is not developed enough to feel the pain, to, to process it, to heal it, and then to release it. So what the child does, and this is an unconscious process, it's, it's designed to safeguard us people, especially the children. So what the child does is to unconsciously use various defense mechanisms to, to stop the exposure to, to this pain and suffering and they use repression, they use denial, they use displacement into playing, or, or they even use sublimation in, in the school activities, yeah, and the learning. And when the mind of the child is unconsciously putting the lead on experiences and, and pushes them down into the less conscious mind, the child is disconnecting from the soul and from feeling completely. This child is not able to, to feel the good emotions either because somehow the child goes through life 
almost numb, like a zombie, disconnected, not only from, from own emotions, but also from, from some parts of the self. And the child lives somehow removed from joy, removed from aliveness, from, from vitality. And this impacts not only the, the soul, but also the mind who tends to be overactive and, and negative. And of course, the physical body that becomes intoxicated by cortisol, by adrenaline, as the consequence of, of, of stress and anxiety. So after we've learned how we disconnect from our soul when we are little and, and we suffer, let's have a look at how this domestication and programming reflects into your adult life. Imagine a person that does not believe in, in the soul or the spirit or, or the energy or God. This person is limited to the experience of the physical body and the program mind. This person is focused on the physiological needs. And of course, this person lives in their conditioned tunnel mind. There is a lot of obsession and, and a lot of compulsiveness around eating, drinking, taking drugs, making sex, buying clothes, buying jewelry and personal objects, um, gambling, maybe showing a lot of preoccupation with their physical aspect and just looking to impress others really and, and receive validation based on their physicality. This person is also pretty much stuck in their head and it is living an accidental life by default on automatic pilot, allowing the autonomic nervous system to extract information from, from the memory as it feels appropriate to, to each moment. And as long as this person is the slave of their program mind, they can only experience what was already stored in their database, uh, in their memory, and then recycle their thoughts over and over again. Now, science tells us that 95% of our thoughts are repetitive and 80% of them are negative and self-diminishing. So there is a lot of pain and, and attachment to the past and a lot of conflicts and worry and anxiety around maybe social comparison. And this brings naturally a lot of dissatisfaction uh, in the mind of this person and in this person's life. So imagine now a person that is keen to experience life beyond the physical body and program mind. This person is willing to open towards a different dimension that may not be visible in the material world and is also very curious to see what else is there beyond their programming and the stories that have been told uh, within the family, within the school environment and within their culture. And this person wants to live from a place of expansion and starts to observe the physical body and the program mind from distance. In that space created by this presence, this person will elevate their level of consciousness and will connect with the energy of the universe, which is the source of consciousness and life itself. When this person feels life from a place of connection to the self, connection to the others and the world, they can observe and dissolve their obsessions and compulsions. They can nurture their body and they can transcend their program mind and expand their brain's neural pathways into new brain areas through this process called neuroplasticity. Now, this person is not limited 
to their mind, to the mind that they had before. They are intentional in their life and they live from behind that conditioned mind. They somehow free themselves from, from the unnecessary pain and suffering of, of this egoic tunnel mind. And then they open themselves to joy, to happiness, to fulfillment, irrespective of their past and present circumstances, because they are aware that they have the choice. And you can choose which one of these two people you want to be. You can live limited to your first two dimensions, the body and the mind, or you can connect with your soul and this power of presence, this, this awareness and consciousness. And this choice of yours will be very decisive in all aspects of your life. This will define your physical and mental health, the nature of your relationships and your overall well-being. To be well in, in your wholeness, you need to consider and preserve not just your physical and mental health, but also your spiritual well-being too. And this can include faith. Faith in anything you want. Faith in a deity, faith in people or the humanity, um, faith in yourself, faith in truth, faith in goodness or kindness, faith in your values. Your spiritual well-being can also include prayer or meditation, where you sit with, with yourself in a state of yoga and union, where your body, mind and soul unite together in a moment of magic and peacefulness. Your spiritual well-being can include mindfulness, the practice where you bring back attention into the present moment, wherever you find yourself and whatever you're doing at that moment. Your spiritual well-being can also involve an intentional practice to raise conscious awareness and to learn to operate from high frequencies, from high vibrations and engage with life from a place of love, from a place of care and kindness and compassion and tolerance and acceptance and, and gratitude and appreciation for life. From that place, you learn a lot about yourself, about the others, about the world around you. You unpack your past and you heal your wounds. And of course, you renew yourself. You grow into the person that, that you want to become. This is your aim if you are in this course. To become a whole human being. To embody your life. To expand your being. To know yourself so well that you understand where you start and where you end. To manage your relationships with more ease. From a place of celebration of being together from a place of non-attachment. Well done for giving yourself permission to, to tap into the infinite wisdom of the universe, which you now receive in your guidance through your sixth sense, and that's your intuition. You have listened to the Open to Happiness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, show us your love. Share, subscribe, or give us a review. Thank you.